0: This morning I'd like to, I know we're, we're doing a few things here, but I want to just say um, happy birthday to Jim Stuller here this morning. We, uh, amen. He's, uh, amen. He's a uh, very, very dear friend, and he serves the church here uh, as our finance officer, treasurer of our church board, and, and that's always a challenge. Now, if you, you pay your tithe uh, and you give offerings, Jim will be very happy. As will we all, right, Jim? Amen. Or you know, there's a lot of things that we need. Uh, you know, and I, I thank you that during this time you've been faithful to share your your tithe and your offerings, and uh, that that has made a difference for those who are online. Uh, we thank you as well. You're still very much a part of the church. Uh, we look forward to the time when you'll be able to rejoin us and be here in in person. But uh, I just say that is critical. Our tithes and offerings coming in because that maintains our health, uh, our operational health. We're able to do things, repair things, pay our our responsibilities, and so that means much. So thank you, and um, I um, I thank God for you. I don't I don't I don't know I don't know personally who pays their tithes. I don't I don't look at that. Um, but I want to say thank you to all who do. It means a lot uh, to the church here. So uh, this morning, I just want to continue talking to you about spiritual discipline. And uh, also coming up, we're, we're going to have revival meetings with uh, um, Ron, Ron Rhodes. I, I know Randall Rhodes and Ron Rhodes is different. So uh, we want to encourage you to make time to be here. It's going to be Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So we, it'll be a great week, and we encourage you to join us. 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, do, you not, uh, do you not know though that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Amen. And just as we get into the word, I want to I encourage you to join us on family night. We have a lot of things going on here, great things. Word is going forth. Discipleship is taking place. Uh, and there are classes for you to be here. And also we have on Wednesday uh, on Mondays we have um, not Mondays uh, throughout the week, we have small groups, so if you don 't have a home in the small group, we, we encourage you to find one. so this morning, as we look at the scriptures, we, we're going to pick up on the the disciplines that God uh, has placed before us to that will help us to run this race effectively and well and we 've been going down a list of them and uh, You know, you can't live for Jesus without practice. You know, sometimes we think that uh, you get saved and the Holy Spirit will just kind of carry you forward. And the Holy Spirit is, um, he works in cooperation with us. How many know the Holy Spirit wants your cooperation with him to advance the purpose of God in your life? You're not going anywhere that you're not willing to go. I mean, in the sense you're not going to grow if you don't contribute to the, to the cause. You're not going to advance beyond your desire for the Lord. You know, our hunger for God has to increase every day. There should be an appetite that's stronger for God in our lives than the desires for the things that don't satisfy. Joshua was now taking over for Moses in Joshua chapter 1. And he was uh, being given instructional foundation for leading the people of God. And, you know, uh, Jesus, uh, if you look back, Jesus and Joshua, are, their names are translated the same. And Joshua was an instrument that he was the man who led the people of God into the promised land. And Jesus, being typified by the life of uh, Joshua, is the one who leads us into the promises of God. He's the one who leads us into that place of security and wholeness. If you don't know the Lord Jesus today, there's nothing more important in your life that will ever happen than giving your heart to the Lord. Uh, because if you die without Jesus, there's no question uh, what what the Bible says about that, right? You know, I, I got to say that people say we don't like the hard stuff. Well, I got to be honest with you. I, I have I, I have a, a um, I have a, a board of directors in heaven that tell me you must hear about it. You must hear those hard words that bring. The hard word is choose Christ and you will find eternal life. To live apart from God is to be lost for eternity. How many know that before Jesus came into your life, you were on your way to hell? No ifs, ands, and buts. If you believe the scriptures, You believe heaven is real, and you believe hell is real. You believe God is real, and there's a real adversary and a real devil, but he's beaten. How many here this morning know that God has called you the same? He's called you to do kingdom work, and God had called Joshua to do kingdom work, and he provided for him the foundation upon which he would be effective. We don't want to just live this life just referencing that we have Jesus as Savior. We don't want people to know that we are some type of nominal Christian. We want to be fully committed, fully engaged, so that God will use us to do something effective in other people's lives. We don't just live for ourselves. We live for God. We live for the lost that are around us. How many know? Think about this. Your life is to be lived for the lost in your life. You are to be a witness. You are to be an ambassador. You are to be a soul winner. You are to be what Jesus said, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. So if you're a believer and you know the Lord, your nets are either employed and are full of fish or they're hanging somewhere and rotting. How many say, I want to take my net down and I want it to be used In my life to catch fish for the Lord. Because if we're not catching fish, we're not fulfilling the great commission. That's our call. We are to be soul winners. We are to be uh, those fishing for men. And you know, it's got to be more than what happens on Sunday. Joshua was called by God to do a tremendous work. And God guaranteed that he would be victorious. And he declared that over Joshua. Joshua. But there were some conditions set forth for how effective, how, how prosperous, how fruitful he would be. And when we talk about the disciplines that are needed to run like a winner, to compete like a winner, there were certain disciplines that God called Joshua to that would determine how effective he would be. You know, And just for those who haven't been here, some of the disciplines we've talked about are prayer, fasting, scriptural focus, waiting upon God, meditation, which we're talking about today, speaking the word of God, and I can't wait to get into that one, speaking the word of God. Come on, church. Does that excite you? If you know the Lord, speaking his word is such a stimulating a stimulating pulse. Living for God. Application of God's word. Serving others. And the romance of worship. So we're going to talk about all of these disciplines that God has set in our lives to make us stronger. To compete for the purpose of winning and not just competing. Joshua was being called by God to win. God, was, God had ordained that Joshua should win by leading the people of God into the promised land. That where his, the sole of his foot would be set would be that which God would give the people. And God laid out the parameters of what he was going to do. He set before him the promised land. And God God didn't, you know, Joshua was taking over for Moses. But he wasn't called to replicate Moses, but he was called to mesh with Moses. He was called to be a dovetailed Uh, uh, leader he was to dovetail into the what Moses had started and what God had done through Moses was now to be extended into into the next generation through Joshua so we talk about Bethel and how this applies to the church how it applies to you first of all I just like to say our vision is this we are reaching out say that with me reaching out sharing home seeking truth And knowing Jesus. And so you put that in your, I was going to say put that in your pipe and smoke it, but don't smoke. (laughs) Don't smoke. It's not good for you. It'll kill you. You know, this morning as we look at this, we know Joshua was going to be a leader. God had spoken victory over him. But we can never neglect that God told uh, Joshua there were certain things for him to do. That he would be fruitful and successful. God wants us to be successful. I know people say, well, success, God's not really concerned about your success. I I don't believe that's true because I, I believe that whatever God sets before us to do, he wants it to be achieved. If he calls us to do something and he sets before us the end and says, this is what I want, then God's purpose and his desire is to see that accomplished. When God set Joshua forward with these directives, he wanted him to be successful and he told him how to do it. And God wants you to be successful and he tells us through his word how we can be successful you know success isn't the, the measure that a man plays you know how we evaluate things you know people sometimes applaud things and we are all in for certain things and you know but that's great but god's realm of success is the advancement of the kingdom through your life that's what the king that, that's success for you if you are if you are centered in kingdom advancement how many believe that we're talking about a kingdom here today Sometimes we just see it in this localized context of me and mine and my church. But we're part of a kingdom, right? We are part of a kingdom that God is advancing through those who are blood-bought, spirit-filled, who believe in the Scriptures and believe that God has put us here for such a time as today. You know, Satan is going to work against you just as the enemies would come against Joshua as he began to advance. And I want you to hear this again. I said it a few weeks ago, and it's very important. Uh, You know, here's the things that I believe Satan is doing today. And this is just my perspective, and you may see things much differently. But Satan is seeking uh, to dismiss the word of God or the counsel of God or his scripture, seeking to dismiss it as man's creation of fiction or a tool to control the uneducated and the weak. He, and I say that because he wants us to dismiss what God has to say about marriage, what God has to say about sexual purity, what God has to say about the sanctity of life, what God says about truth, what God says about redemption, what God says about sin. How many know, I, you know, preachers should not be seeking the counsel of the public as to whether or not we speak on sin. We don't need. I don't. There needs to be no meeting whatsoever. There should never be any tribunal meetings uh, to dismiss any pastor who's preaching the word of God. And if that were to be taken, he ought to thank God and run out the door. Because we need to be preaching this word. And Joshua was called to do business. He wasn't called to mess around. Joshua couldn't. He was. He was not a young man now. He had served for years as an assistant to Moses, and he had been faithful. If you really want to know the character of a person, you see how those who are in the second seat serve. You can tell a lot about the person who's in the, you know, people have aspirations to lead. But you look at those in the second seat. Joshua was faithful. Joshua served Moses. He served the call of God, and now his time had come. And he would face enemies who would seek to thwart the advancement of God's kingdom on as you know, and even you say that wasn't the permanent kingdom. Let me tell you something. Anything that God does is done with permanence. When he advances something, it's not advanced to be forgotten. It, it is advanced to be central and essential part of the foundation of who we are. You know, the enemy wants to divide the church over the scriptures. And I gotta tell you, there should be no division here, right? In this church, we believe from Genesis to Revelation that that is the inspired word of the living God. Not bits of it, not parts of it, not pieces of it, not dependent upon someone's determination of such today. We believe that it is God's, Immutable counsel, his inspired counsel that changes. And there would be those who would seek to divide the effort. You know, there were still those who would be with Joshua who were more comfortable staying in Egypt. And yet Joshua was to lead the ones who would go forward with him. You know, Satan seeks to degrade the character or the perceived character of God's word and its integrity. The devil says you can't trust it. The science doesn't bear it out. Let me tell you something. The scriptures validate science. Science doesn't validate the scripture. You know, I, I believe that with all my heart. How many believe that that? You know, the Bible doesn't have to speak in scientific terms to be the, the foundation for all truth. You know, whenever we, we consider uh, Satan wants to disseminate another gospel through the church. You know, there were those who would share different messagings among the people that would seek to undermine the leadership of Joshua. And God said to Joshua, you are going to be successful. But he said, here's what he told him. He said, don't let this word leave your mouth. Don't, let it, don't, don't allow this word, the word of God, what I have spoken. Don't let that be silenced. Speak the Word of God. Come on, church, that's the power of your message today because everything else is fallible. The Word of God is infallible. And so when we speak, it doesn't matter what our opinions are. It doesn't matter what others say. It really comes down to one basic tenet, and it's what Jesus said. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God in Matthew four. 4. Satan seeks to deceive the scripturally illiterate. To devise, he seeks to devise a plan to systemically expunge from every vital institution of society the word of God. He seeks to direct the lost and the backslidden to this religious hedonism. You know, today Joshua, as we look at it, he's told to meditate upon the word of God. Meditation is such a powerful practice. And I want to tell you, by the, just in a few moments, I trust that the Lord will, decla- will make that clear. He says in Joshua eight he says, But keep the book of this law always on your lips, day and night. And he says, So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous, and then you will be successful. You know, the Bible mentions meditation, and I I am going to show the slides, so just hang with me, I promise. Uh, God, did you get my slides this week? Did you get the new ones? I don't know if you did. The Bible mentions meditation 23 times, 19 times in the book of Psalms. An example is the book of Joshua. This book is the law, which he said shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. You know, the book, someone said the Bible is not meant merely to inform, but to transform. How many lives are transformed by the Word? You believe this is a, this, is, this book is quick and powerful. Come on, church. I mean, you know, to, there's going to be a bunch of, there's, you know, and not all of them are going to be such, but there's going to be a lot of idiots today who paint up their faces and go out to ball games and scream their guts out and consume alcohol at great lengths and cheer for their team, get in fist fights with other people because they're, they're, they're doing the same thing for their team. But church, we've got to be excited about who God is, right? That's got to be something that's alive in us and living, not something that, oh, well, I've heard this before. I want to tell you, what, that's where our meditation comes in. How many of us have read the scriptures and then we've read it in such a manner that we begin to think on it and allow God to marinate? How many of you ever marinate like a piece of meat? Yeah, I think that's a wonderful thing. You know, I, I'm a meat eater. I'm not. I, I have forced myself during our adventure here uh, to eat uh, something other than meat and brownies and cupcakes and uh, and the like, but. I want to tell you, it's like marinating. You want that thing to, you want whatever you're marinating to, 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 to you want the, the flavor to be injected into its fiber. You want, it to, you want it to taste like whatever you're marinating. And God wants your life to be marinated in the truth of Scripture. He wants your mind to be marinated. He wants your spirit to be marinated in it. Because that's the difference. Some people are living lives of mediocrity. And other people are advancing in God's purposes. Because we're not really allowing. We read the Bible. We read the Bible. Because they say if you don't read the Bible, you can't be a good Christian. You You know, someone said it's not how much you read the word of God how many scriptures you read or how many verses you read, but how much of it have you really meditated upon? You paused and and asked God to show you things that you've not seen before, things that will change your life. You know, the Hebrew word for meditate literally means to chew your cud. I love things. I'm gross by nature. I love gross things. And when, as soon as I read that, I, and I've heard it before, but I, I read it, I just, I, I wanted to just know more. I'm a cud kind of person. And uh, it's an Aquarian term used to refer to how cows digest their food. You know, there are other cud chewers, but cows have two stomachs, or two compartments at least. And the, they chew their food in their mouth and they swallow it and after the food is chewed on the cow the cow the food will pass into the first stomach for further processing and breaking down and then the food from the first stomach is sent back up to the cow's mouth isn't that a great picture where it is rechewed and swallowed again and this time it goes to the second section of the cow's stomach in order to squeeze out all of the moisture and nutrition. God wants you to to do that kind of thing with the word. He wants it to go in you, he wants it to come forth out of into your mouth. He wants, you to, he wants to saturate, marinate your life in his word. And Joshua, as a leader, would have to be absolutely marinated in the word of God in order to do what God had told him to do. And i got to tell you, we wonder why we are shallow in our faith, in our practice, in our churches. Number one, it's because we've read things that we have not paused and spent time on. You know, I'm going to tell you, and you, you can get upset at me if you want, it's a great thing to read the Bible in a year. But, you know, if you're really taking time to pause on those, pray over those, reflect upon them, you might not make it in a year. How many say it's okay if you don't read the Bible in a year, the whole thing? You can pause you can say, God, what is it that you want me? You can lay on your face before God and allow God to, to just marinate your spirit with revelation knowledge. Come on, church, are you excited? You say, well, I will be when you say I'm finished, but I'm not going to say that right now. Throughout history, godly leaders have, comm- have, been, have commended the transforming effects of meditation. Thomas Brooks, the 17th century church leader, said, Remember that it is not hasty reading but serious meditation on holy and heavenly truths that make them prove sweet profitable, and profitable to the soul. It is not the mere touching of the flower by the bee that gathers honey, but her abiding for a time on the flower that draws out sweet. It is not he that reads most, but he that meditates most that will prove to be choicest, sweetest, wisest, and strongest Christians. People who are called by God, this should be point one, people who are called by God to do significant things are to carry an anointing. And in order for that to happen, that person has to be conditioned and trained, and there needs to be a foundation. Joshua was directed by the Lord to concentrate on things that would involve his plan for leading the Israelites into the promised land. Joshua, Jesus taught that we are to focus on the things that have to do with the advancement of his kingdom purposes. I like this. You know, kingdoms should never be minimized in your thinking. This is a kingdom, and there's, this is the advancement of a kingdom that no one can stop. I got to tell you no politician can stop the kingdom from coming. It's coming down the tracks. Come on church, get on board. Don't stand there looking off to the side. I love the sound of train whistles. I grew up in our town and there's train tracks and I'd hear them at night and I it just I hear them today. I'm like a dog, you know. I'm like I have to turn and I get so excited about it. And I got to tell you It was in my spirit and I anticipated that and I was excited by it. And I think as a kid, and I wonder how many of us truly uh, were getting it that we're we're a part of the advancement of of an eternal kingdom. Uh, I gotta think about no you don't, you know. Because Jesus preached the kingdom. Says he did. It says he did. He preached the kingdom. He taught the principles of the kingdom. How many know that the servant on the mount and the Beatitudes is really, those are kingdom principles? Come on, church. How many know those are kingdom principles? Those weren't just the neat package little teaching that Jesus gave on the side of a mountain. He gave them as kingdom principles. He spoke the truth. Jesus said in Matthew six nine and ten, He said, "Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." For Joshua to know how to lead the Israelites, he had to know and keep God's word. If you're going to live this life, you can't. It can't be. What do you call that? You can't be a freestyler. You know, just doing it independent of the scriptures. You cannot live this word. You cannot live this life. God without the word of God being an integral foundational part of your life you can't you just can't you say I got saved but I don't really read the word well I can tell you if you say that then you're not really growing either you're not advancing. You're not excited about the things of God. And you say, well, I wish I would be excited to read the Word. I can tell you if you take time and you think and pray over those Scriptures, it's not reading 10,000 a day. It can be reading 10 and allowing God to just speak those things into your heart. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit excited today about God, I, His Word. Are you, are you liking God's Word? For we as believers, to know how to pray regarding the kingdom of God, we must know what his word says about the kingdom. People who say, I want to have discernment, you know, that's great, you want to have discernment, I want want the gift of discernment, that's great. But if you don't read the Bible, you're not going to get any discernment. Because the Bible is discernment. Right and wrong is given in the word of God, the principles of the kingdom. It is a phony baloney claim for anyone who says, well, I move in the gift of discernment. Whether you read the Bible? No, I don't need to. God talks to me. I got to tell you, if, if the only thing you can say is God talks to me and you don't know that he has already spoken to all of us, I don't believe you. You say, what do you mean by it? Well, people that are always running around speaking for God, if they don't read the word, I don't want to hear them. Oh, I don't know if you should have said that. Well, you knew I had to say something. Joshua needed, God said to him it was that important that he should never stop speaking it, that he should think about it day and night. Come on, that's what he said to him. He said, Set it in front of you day and night, meditate upon it, and he says, And and, that you may know how to keep it. How do you know how to keep the Word of God if you don't know what it is? I mean, people hear this today. If we don't know the Word, how are we going to keep the Word? If we don't read what God has spoken and we see, if you look at the Bible as a history book, you'll say, well, that's what God gave then. I, I, I want what God is giving now. Everything that God gives you now really is born out of what he has already spoken. And it is confirmed by what he has spoken. The word of God is the measuring stick. It is the reed, it is the rod for which we measure everything that comes forth in his name. I know I've been with people who say, Oh, you've just got to receive this. Just shut your mind off. I got to tell you, I don't, you know, I understand part of that. But as soon as it clashes with what God has spoken, it ain't for me. You say, Pastor Rick, you're just so mean. <laughs> I am. I love it. Only one I'm mean to are cats. And I don't even act on that. It's just I don't talk to them. As one who thinks, about God, when one thinks about who God is, we understand that god God's Word declares who He is. The Word of God is a road map, and it is the constitution of this life and for Joshua, it was the road map, and it was the constitution of god's advancing kingdom. We are related to our you know, we, we are related to our heavenly Father through Christ through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's important that we know who we are. According to God's word. Boy, that's full of life if you know who you are. According to God's word. Because people might say you're a loser. They might say you don't really contribute. You're not really that vital. I want to tell you, you're all of those things and a lot more. You're a child of God. Come on now. I mean, are you excited about that? You know, people say, oh, I don't have any friends. I'm going to tell you, you have one who laid down his life for you. <laughs> he came forth out of the grave for you. Stop saying that. That's silly. And if you're all close to him, you're going to be brought into fellowship with other, others of his children. I, I, I love my dad on this earth. He's my hero. He is my, he's, the, he's it for me. He's the epitome of what a man should be. I got to tell you, I just love him to death. But you know what? I have a heavenly father and he's all that. He's exalted. My, dad, my earthly dad didn't save me. He provided a lot of great things for me, made a lot of tremendous sacrifices in his life. But my father in heaven gave what was needed for me to know him as my dad, as my father. And that was his son. I'm almost done here, I promise. I don't know what time, what day is it? Uh, it's 1058. I love talking to you. You probably know that because I don't shut up. But uh, the word of God, we are related today to our heavenly father through Christ. We've got to know that. We're his children. We're joint heirs with Christ. The word of God, hear this now. The word of God is critical in defeating the lies of the enemy. It is critical to defeating the discouragements that come our way. It is critical to to defeating the fears and the loneliness. And it equips us to win because Christ wins and we live in his word. I'm going to ask Tammy to come. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing because you received the word of God which you heard from us, You welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works in you who believe. You know, Joshua only had the laws of Moses, and Yod said, meditate on these things and know them. And so he strove to live in conformity and obedience to what God's word has said. We are so blessed to be in the new covenant. Come on now. Are you with me here? I'm so thrilled to be in the new covenant. I don't have to live under the yoke of the law. I don't have to live under the bond, the bond of failure that will define me because I'm continually, you know, in God. And we're not, you know, we have our faults, we have our blemishes. But understand this, Jesus came not to abolish the law, but he came what? To fulfill it and to satisfy it. Why did he come and do that? So that you and I could live in freedom so that you and I could advance in his purposes for our lives. And just because we live in the the, the dispensation of grace doesn't mean that we can live sloppy lives. We've got to read that word, meditate on that word, let it saturate our hearts, and that's what God told uh, Joshua. He said, you're to speak the word. Come on, the most important messaging that the church can speak to a lost world is the word of God. What we speak is the result of what's in our hearts. Jesus said that. He said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, church, what are we saying? What are we saying in this world? Quit jumping in on the negative commentary that everybody else is uh, spouting. The world's not dying because of that, the world is dying because of sin. You get that, right? The world is not dying because of corrupt politicians and corrupt policies. And we need to pray those things out and we need to live in such a way that there are more of the church in critical places than ever before. Let's stop for a moment and think. The world is not dying because of Democrats or Republicans or independents or socialists. And I'm not for any of those. I mean, socialism or any of that kind. I'm not. It's a a bad thing. But I'm saying this. We can never lose sight of the fact that the real reason we're in the place we are is not because of elections. It's because man fell. And the world is living in depravity and sin away from God and all of the bad things. I'm sorry if you couldn't hear me earlier. I was speaking through my bottom of my jaw. But um, I wanna say to you today, the world needs the church to have a message. Say, how's the church grow? The church grows when the church does what the church is called to do. Oh, well, if we get cute and we do all these different things, the whole world's gonna come. If we're seeker friendly, they're all gonna come. Forget all that. When the church is who God calls it to be. And we live who we are called to be and we know who we are called to be. And the word of God is what's coming out of us rather than a stupid arguing that goes on all the time, the conflict, you know, that doesn't advance the kingdom of God. But the word does. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me this morning and Joshua couldn't get distracted with all the other things. And I think God told him this stuff because he didn't want him to get distracted as a leader. This is where your your power comes from. This is where your authority comes from. The Bible tells us in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither. You will not wither. If you're planted in God and you're meditating on it, you won't wither. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. You're not gonna wither. I promise you because God has already said it. He said, whose leaf shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. How many today will surrender this? Say, God, my, my eyes have been on everything else and Lord, I've been so worried about uh, what's happening around me. I'm not to be ignorant and understand that. You're not to be ignorant and you are to be a salt and light. You're to be a great citizen in this nation. And all these things, Lord God, I've seen and I've kind of lost my focus. I've gotten so swept up, caught up, and I believe that uh, the world is in the condition it is because of the way uh, elections go or don't go and what people do and don't do. There are people who are living such oppressed, tormented, and tortured lives around the world that are part of the most powerful move perhaps the world has ever seen. As people are getting saved, people are being delivered. The church is growing. They're meeting in all kinds of crazy places because they have no place to gather otherwise. And yet the church is growing because they, they have nothing but the word. They have nothing but the Holy Spirit. They have nothing but Jesus. They have nothing but one another. And they have nothing but a passion and a love for those that don't know the Lord. You know, this morning, what it, will you commit in your life to meditate on the word, Colossians 3, 16 says, Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and, admonition, and admonishing one another in psalm and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace your hearts to the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning that you're marinating the soul and the spirit of men and women, just like you did with Joshua. Joshua was who, he was able to do what he was blessed and equipped to do because he kept the word of God. He didn't stop declaring the word of God. The word was always on his lips. The mandates, because he knew that that this was a huge undertaking that could not be accomplished without God's favor. He couldn't lead without knowing God, couldn't lead without knowing his word, couldn't lead without sharing the principles of God's word. And you know, that's the same of you and I. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the word of God. How many will fall in love again with the, with the Lord in such a way that you fall in love with his word? You know, you say you love God today, and I say you, and that means me. But you say, I love God today. Well, if you love him as much as you say, then we call forth an awakening to, for the word that he speaks. That his words are like honey on our lips. His word is like fire in our bones. His word is like heavenly manna that feeds and nourishes us when there's nothing else around. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, Lord God. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. This is an incredible word. It's the word of the living God. It's powerful. We talk about healing. We want healing. Where do we find any basis for healing? It's in the word of God. It's a faithful witness, testimony. It never lies. It always speaks the truth. It's quick. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces through. It brings forth... The dividing between the joints and the marrow and all of those, it's deep, it goes deep, it's meant to be deep in you today. God, we praise you. We praise your holy name. Come on, let's lift our view. We're going to close here in just a moment, but can we just take a moment and and praise him? I think something's going to be released in somebody's life if you'll just open your heart, open your mouth, begin to declare him, begin to speak his word, begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, the church is not anemic, it's not weak. The church is strong, the church is powerful, the church in Christ, the vine, Lord God, your branches. We abide in you. and. Yes, you abide in us and and we bring forth fruit, much fruit, for without you we can do nothing. Come on, church, let the Holy Ghost fill you. You say, I don't know, I'm afraid of that. I'm going to tell you, you get filled with the Holy Spirit. The only thing you'll be afraid of is not getting more. Father, we just thank you, and God will always give you more. If you ask for a stone, he won't give you. uh, You ask for a fish, right? He won't give you, what, a stone. You know, if you ask for bread, you seek for bread, he's going to give you bread. God, we thank you. We praise you. I mean, come on, church. I hear people say we need a move of God. Well, you know, this is a good launching pad. I realize what happens on Sunday is not the sum total of everything that happens, but it's the launching pad. Lord, there's a lot of powerful Christians gonna leave this room today because they are powerful in Christ, they are powerful in the word, they are powerful in love, they're powerful in compassion, they're powerful in grace, and Father, we thank you. We want more of God. Come on, church, let's get rowdy a little bit. You won't spread any germs. I promise. If you if you yell and you spit, it doesn't matter. God will sanctify your spit and it'll come out well, as a sweet fragrance, an anointing of God. Lord, we lift up the name of Jesus. We praise you. Get excited about this thing. You say you're cheerleading. Absolutely. I'd rather cheerlead for God than anyone else I could possibly cheerlead for. Praise the name of the Lord God, King of glory, almighty. Lord, let the healing power of God flow. Run through this house. Run through this house. Run through this house. Run through this house. King of glory. Let's sing out to the Lord this morning. If you want to come to the altar, feel free to do that. If you want to just... Uh, Sing and praise and where you're at. That's great too. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.